This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. It's been a year since Victor Herrera stole $7 million and disappeared into the night. By this point, the FBI has taken over control of the case, leaving the West Hartford Police Department at a dead end in their investigation. Other than Victor being placed on the FBI's infamous top 10 most wanted fugitives list, public interest in the case fizzled. That is, until January 6, 1985. Three Kings Day, also known as Dia de los Reyes, or Epiphany, is a religious holiday marking the day the three wise men visited baby Jesus. In many Spanish-speaking communities, it's a celebration rivaling Christmas. Today, in Hartford, there's an annual parade featuring community members dressed as kings riding camels down busy Park Street, much to the delight of children and onlookers. There's music, food, toy giveaways, even a chance for a photo op with the Magi. But if we go back several decades, it was more of an unofficial celebration, kind of like a block party. And on that day, in 1985, a very different type of procession caught everyone's attention. You know, all of a sudden, uh, somebody showed up with this big tractor trailer full of toys and started delivering them to kids on Park Street, which is the heart of the Puerto Rican community in Hartford. The weather was in the brisk 30s. But that didn't stop curious community members from gathering around a local moving company's truck parked a few miles away from the parade route used today. 
Over two hours, three men, dressed as the Magi, handed out $40,000 worth of toys, food, and cash. It was an exciting occasion for locals. But to West Hartford police officers, something just didn't feel right. Somehow, there must have been some information passed on to the cops there. Uh, somebody took the number of the truck because they found out about it. And the truck was seized eventually and brought to the detective to West Hartford. They used the prints to identify these guys in the truck. And then the amazing thing is we found uh, surprising was when the, uh, and the money shows up. That was traceable money that showed up there because some of the bills were traceable. You know, so that I'm thinking to myself, my God. There's some kind of control of all this money. Where did it come from? How, how are these guys getting this money? The answer to that question would breathe new life into a stalled investigation. How did thousands of dollars stolen the previous year from Wells Fargo end up being used to buy a truck full of toys for kids? Now you're starting to think of something's organized here. Previously on White Eagle. It's like all of a sudden this guy just existed and, and there wasn't a lot of background about him to be had. Each day we put another piece of the puzzle together. You know, pieces here and they would start to fit. Everybody figured that Victor Moreno was the inside man and everybody's waiting for his body to pop up someplace. My name is M. William Phelps. I'm an investigative journalist and author of more than 40 true crime books. What you were about to hear is the true story of a heist, one that funded an international independence movement and sparked an investigation spanning nearly four decades. This is White Eagle. Every story has its origin. This one is no different. Investigators looking to understand how and why Victor Herrera stole $7 million in cash needed to first consider his connection to Puerto Rico. There was a time in, in uh, maybe the 70s and at least into the early 80s when I think there were more Puerto Rican people in Hartford on a per capita basis than there were any place else except for Puerto Rico. It was a very, very big and influential immigrant group. Not immigrants, they're, they're United States citizens, but the, the people from the island living at Hartford uh, were a big part of the state's makeup. That's Ed Mahoney, the Hartford Current reporter who spoke in the last episode. He caught himself during our discussion, but people often forget that Puerto Ricans are, in fact, U.S. citizens. Maybe because they lack the right to do basic things, such as vote in a presidential election but more on that later. For now, it's important to understand that Hartford is home to one of the largest Puerto Rican communities in the United States. More than 44% of the city's population identifies as Hispanic or Latino, and according to some estimates, one out of every three Hartford residents is of Puerto Rican descent. It's an important group, and it was an important group then. I mean, candidates for office in Puerto Rico would occasionally campaign in Hartford. The Commonwealth of Puerto Rico had kind of like a quasi-embassy in Hartford. There were so many people in Hartford that the government of the Commonwealth had an office to look after them. Hartford had reciprocity agreements with Puerto Rico. 
Puerto Rico would send groups of teachers uh, from university uh, students who were studying to become teachers to work in Hartford, either as trainees or to work in Hartford, which kind of made sense because so many kids in the school system were from Puerto Rico. Large groups of Puerto Ricans first started coming to Connecticut after World War II, looking for seasonal work on one of the countless tobacco farms along sections of the Connecticut River. Many stayed and built a vibrant community in Hartford and parts of West Hartford. Park Street, which runs east to west along the city's south end, is the community's main artery. If you're dropped off on Park Street, um, you're definitely going to get the, the food, you're going to get the language, and you're going to get the vibe. Joel Cruz is a lifelong Hartford resident and senior director of the city's Institute for the Hispanic Family, which is part of Catholic Charities and co-sponsors the Three Kings Day Parade every year. You'll see people, you know, talking outside and connecting. The embracement, you know, for us is very important, the close proximity of, like, the hugs and the kisses. And <laughs> Joel describes Harford's Puerto Rican community as extremely tight-knit. It had to be, he says, because for decades there was little to no public support for Spanish speakers in the city. That's part of the reason the Institute for the Hispanic Family grew into what it is today. It provides opportunities for support and connection, help that wasn't made available for people like Joel's grandfather, who left Puerto Rico in the 50s and came to Hartford seeking opportunity. I think that's the sense of people uh, that came to Hartford and settled in Hartford specifically from the Puerto Rican community. It's more like, I'm just trying to survive. And if you ask me, I don't agree. I'm not happy, but I'm just trying to survive. For folks who, like my dad, who saw the racism, who saw the, the abuse, who saw the inequalities, especially like, you know, U.S. versus Puerto Rico, he has his reservations about like how Puerto Rico has been treated like a colony. And I see it like when I go to Puerto Rico, I can see it's treated like a colony more than part of the U.S. or with fair treatment. It's a world Victor Herrera would have known well. His mother, Gloria, was born in Puerto Rico and migrated to the U.S., settling first in the Bronx and later Hartford, where she raised Victor and his four siblings. Like Joel, Gloria worked at the Institute for the Hispanic Family. She was one of the region's first bilingual social workers and spent 45 years with the organization, working primarily with young kids. Joel says everyone called her La Madrina, which translates to the godmother. He says they'd often eat lunch together, and he loved hearing her stories about sports, Hartford, and Puerto Rico. She was a big-time Giants fan, and so I'm a Patriots fan, and so we will always talk about that. We will go back and forth. They were just fun conversations. We would talk about the community. We would talk about, like, the riots in Hartford and how it was sad that the U.S. would continue to treat Puerto Rico um, like a colony when we had so much to bring. You know, she would talk about her dislike of that. She she was very vocal about making sure uh, the younger generation understood we must stand up for our community. There was one unspoken rule when it came to talking with Gloria. Never, ever mention her son, Victor, or the Wells Fargo heist. We always knew not to bring up Victor because 
you know, I mean, imagine a mother, regardless of what happened, she's still a mother. And um, we always knew, we respected her enough not even to bring it up. And for good reason. Gloria is a controversial figure in this story. A number of people I spoke with said they thought she knew about Victor's plan to rob the Wells Fargo Depot. A few even thought she put him up to it. Though I should note, I have never found any evidence to support that theory. Getting in touch with Victor's mother has been nearly impossible during this investigation. I was told by a very close source she did not want to be interviewed by me. I respected that. And it's no surprise. In the years after the heist, she refused to cooperate with grand juries looking into Victor's disappearance, which fueled speculation that she had something to hide. But any hope of making one last attempt was dashed when Joelle Cruz revealed something during our interview. An amazing lady. She actually passed away last week. Gloria Herrera died on February 16th, 2022. She was 84. Today I'm dressed in black because I'm actually going to go to her funeral. And um, every time we met in the lunchroom, before I got up and I was leaving, she would always tell me, don't forget your culture, don't forget your background. She was just a very instrumental person, very wise, kind, but she, you know, she had this fighting spirit. Even at her age, she had this fighting spirit in her of always making sure that we stood up for our rights. Gloria Herrera was a staunch supporter of Puerto Rican independence, regularly attending rallies and protests in and around Hartford. She was also a member of the Hartford chapter of the Puerto Rican Socialist Party, a pro-independence group. She's a died in the wool. You know, independent Easter. That's her politics, and that's what she lives for. I mean, whenever there's a protest, you know, involving some kind of independence issue, she's always there. Victor was a complicated figure as well. Friends and coworkers described him as a loner, not nearly as active in the community or as vocal about politics as his mother. But the heist made Victor something of a folk hero overnight. The stories that we were told, you know, talked about him as a very respectable man and just frustrated with systems and the racism that we were experiencing. I think even in the community, people will talk about it from a perspective of like, look, he took some of that and he gave out toys and, you know, he did it out of frustration. I've never heard throughout the stories of anyone actually judging him in a negative way. Plus, Victor wasn't violent. Not really. That's actually something former West Hartford police officer Jack Casey pointed out during one of our initial conversations. You see, Victor could have seriously hurt those security guards, even killed them, but he didn't. And I think that's why throughout Hartford, he became kind of almost like a Robin Hood character where they'd have his picture up in some of the little bodegas and the stores on Park Street. And people looked at them. And then when they came back on Three Kings Day and they were passing out the money and the food or whatever. So they got a lot of goodwill in the community from it. Victor didn't appear at the Three Kings Day parade, but the money he stole more than a year earlier did. West Hartford police were able to confirm that serial numbers on the banded bills matched those stolen from the Wells Fargo Depot. But what many weren't aware of at the time was that over in Puerto Rico, 
the FBI had already spent months making huge investigative strides in the case. The question is, you know, why? Why did they pick Hartford? Why was this nobody from nowhereville? You know, Victor Herrera, the inside man. You know, there's only one explanation. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Time is a luxury for us, especially if you're a mom. That's why we need a skincare routine that's easy, fast, and gives us results. Plus, what if your products had thousands of five-star reviews, were natural and affordable? Well, say hello to Dime Beauty. Dime Beauty is clean, high-end skincare that is affordable, and it really works. Not sure where to start? I highly recommend the Work System. It's everything you need in one powerful package. Take out the guesswork with a proven routine that includes a gentle yet effective cleanser, a super skin toner, two incredible serums, and two luxurious moisturizers. See what everyone is raving about. From serum sets to the always sold out retinol alternative TBT cream, you'll find your perfect skincare match. Dime has over 2 million happy customers, and their product reviews are literally five stars. Love your skin again. Go to dimebeautyco.com for 20% off with code GETDIME. That's dimebeautyco.com, code GETDIME for 20% off. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Before the Robin Hood-like stunt on Three Kings Day, the last anyone heard from Victor Herrera was in the form of three handwritten postcards sent to various news outlets in which he vowed to explain why he robbed the Wells Fargo Depot while also teasing a major announcement about the missing money. About a month later, Victor delivered on his promise. 
A typewritten letter was sent to the San Juan offices of United Press International in Puerto Rico. This time, however, Victor was not the author. The letter came from an insurgency group claiming responsibility for the Wells Fargo robbery. In it, they claimed they spent a year and a half planning every stage of the heist and had waited until the $7 million was out of the country and in a state of, quote, maximum security before going public. It's a communique, but reads more like a manifesto. The group's leadership said the money was being used to fund its revolutionary movement, quote, in the same manner in which we have seized $7 million from the very bowels of American imperialism, the organized force of the Puerto Rican people will know how, in its own time, to seize the liberty which will allow us to choose our destiny as a people. End quote. It goes on to read in part, We want to report that Comrade Herrera is in a perfect state of health and has joined the struggle which our people carry out to obtain our liberation. It was the Macheteros. The Macheteros were upset that they weren't getting the attention that they thought they deserved for this patriotic expression. They wanted to get some publicity for it. And the, the police weren't helping him because the police weren't linking him to the crime, so they had to take some steps on their own. Los Macheteros, formerly known as the Boricua Popular Army, are a revolutionary nationalist group fighting since 1976 for Puerto Rico's independence from the United States. Depending on who you ask, Los Macheteros translates to either the machete wielders or the cane cutters, a reference to Puerto Ricans who harvested sugarcane under Spanish and later American sugar monopolies, some of whom used their tools as weapons during the Spanish-American War. Half of the people I spoke with described them as terrorists. The other half said they were a pro-independence group. We can say that they were radical in the sense of the um, means that they were using to fight for or struggle for independence. Dr. Jose Atiles is a professor at the University of Illinois, Urbana-Champaign. My areas of research is mainly Puerto Rico. I studied the legal and political relationship between Puerto Rico and the U.S. with special emphasis on colonialism and legal mobilizations and pro-independence movement. He's also from Puerto Rico and grew up hearing stories about Los Macheteros' exploits. They were a, a small group and they were described in the media as terrorist, criminal. The fact that Puerto Rico still being a colony uh, kind of shows you that they didn't get the support that they wanted, right? And that the society were not behind this type of actions. It's important to bear, bear in mind that they were part of a historical context, right? That was what pro-independence, anti-colonial movement were doing in the 70s and 80s everywhere. Not only Puerto Rico, but Ireland, the Basque Country, Catalonia, and elsewhere. Experts say the Macheteros are not a major player today. But in the late 70s and early 80s, the group was engaged in armed conflict with the U.S. government, with cells in Puerto Rico, Cuba, and barrios across the continental United States, including Hartford, Connecticut. 
a lot of Puerto Ricans that joined pro-independence movement in the 70s, 60s, 70s, either were first-generation Puerto Rican, Puerto Ricans who migrated with their parents that grew up facing discrimination, racism, poverty. So it was not hard seeing that Puerto Rican would join a struggle that advocated for independence from Puerto Rico, social justice or economic justice, and also some anti-racism, anti-oppression at large. Can you tell me about yourself? Robert John Heibel, born October 31, 1937. Halloween birth. You had to better than that. <laughs> Bob Heibel is a former FBI agent and deputy chief of the Bureau's counterterrorism division. He's been stationed all over, but spent the early part of his career in San Juan, Puerto Rico, working the island's separatist movements. We were having a series of bombings, and I was fortunate enough to have the case on the key player, Filiberto Rios. Bob would go on to study and investigate Filiberto Ojeda Rios's life, which included the founding of MIRA, a pro-independence group in the 60s, followed by Los Macheteros and its sister organization, the FALN, in the mid-70s. Here's reporter Ed Mahoney. There were two wings of the nationalist movement. I mean, there was the FALN, which was in charge of, quote-unquote, activities on the mainland. And there were the Macheteros, who were uh, involved, supposedly, in activities. The, the, the FALN was doing its damage in Chicago and New York, right? They were blowing up Francis Tavern. They were blowing up, you know, the mobile oil building. They were blowing up things like that. Over the course of nearly a decade, both Los Macheteros and the FALN claim responsibility for over 100 attacks in the continental United States and Puerto Rico, including the murder of a police officer, the bombing of 11 unmanned aircrafts on a National Guard airfield, and an attack on a Navy bus, which left three people dead and eight sailors wounded. Back then, things were getting blown up quite a bit, too, because of the Macheteros. In late October 1983, just six weeks after the Wells Fargo heist, the group used a shoulder-launched rocket to strike a federal building in Puerto Rico. They called it a Laws rocket, L-A-W-S, Laws. And somebody, had, you know, <laughs> initiated a missile attack on the federal building in, in a place called Otto Rey, which is the commercial center of San Juan. They were aiming for the FBI offices and they actually hit, you know, the Department of Agriculture. No one was killed, but the target was clear. When you're firing rockets into buildings in, in you know, the middle of downtown San Juan, chances are, you know, you're taking a risk of hurting somebody. You know the history of that long missile that was fired? Again, Bob Heibel. They recovered the tube from that long missile. It was part of a lot that was left in Vietnam. And the Vietnamese furnished it to the Cubans. And the Cubans furnished it to the Marcheros. When they fired the law missile at the FBI building and missed, they discovered the car that was used. And the search of the car was so thorough 
that they recovered a traffic ticket. So what they did is they identified where the car had been parked when the ticket was issued. They set up a surveillance and took some pictures. And uh, I got a call from uh, the supervisor in San Juan and said, Bob, uh, can you come down to Puerto Rico? I want you to look at some pictures. Because I was one of the only two FBI agents that had ever seen Filiberto in person. And uh, sure enough, it was Filiberto, the, the photographs. So from then on, they were able to identify where he was living and the whole investigative approach to this changed and it became a major case from that point on. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Time is a luxury for us, especially if you're a mom. That's why we need a skincare routine that's easy, fast, and gives us results. Plus, what if your products had thousands of five-star reviews? Were natural and affordable? Well, say hello to Dime Beauty. Dime Beauty is clean, high-end skincare that is affordable, and it really works. Not sure where to start? I highly recommend the Work System. It's everything you need in one powerful package. Take out the guesswork with a proven routine that includes a gentle yet effective cleanser, a super skin toner, two incredible serums, and two luxurious moisturizers. See what everyone is raving about. From serum sets to the always sold out retinol alternative TBT cream, you'll find your perfect skincare match. Dime has over 2 million happy customers and their product reviews are literally five stars. Love your skin again. Go to dimebeautyco.com for 20% off with code GETDIME. That's dimebeautyco.com, code GETDIME for 20% off. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu.
the FBI began a detailed surveillance of Filiberto Ojeda Rios, tracking the comings and goings of anyone associated with Los Macheteros. Over the next six months, the Bureau collected enough evidence to obtain a search warrant for one of the group's safe houses. Inside, they found a treasure trove of documents. Through the surveillance, they were able to do microphones and, and wiretaps. And of course, they had a microphone in Filiberto's car. It was in those wiretapped conversations that investigators first heard chatter of the missing $7 million. Here's reporter Ed Mahoney again. No one ever conceived, no one in law enforcement had any clue or even thought uh, or imagined, you know, that a group of radical independentistas on an island in the Caribbean were knocking off armored cars in Hartford, Connecticut. It just never occurred to anybody, and there's really no reason why it should have occurred to anybody. The timelines in this case are objectively confusing. The discovery made by the FBI happened before Victor Herrera and the Macheteros took credit for Wells Fargo. But it's important to remember that the FBI's field office in Puerto Rico was investigating a rocket attack in San Juan, not a robbery in West Hartford. They were focused on their own investigation. The discovery of the stolen money was a surprise. The FBI in Connecticut never woke up to this thing. You know, it was the FBI in Puerto Rico that put it all together. And it was almost by accident that they did. From there, the Bureau began piecing together Victor Herrera's connection to Los Macheteros. For one, they learned how long Victor had prepared for the operation, where he fled after the robbery, and who else was involved. But one of the biggest questions in this case has always been, did Victor just happen to start working at Wells Fargo and Los Macheteros saw an opportunity to recruit him? Or was he groomed by the group to apply for the job? Do you know how they recruited Victor Herrera? I think it was through his mother. Through his mother? I think it was through his mother, yeah. How does a guy like that, though, drive away with 1,300 pounds of money and then disappear? He was well-prepared. One thing about Ojeda, he was a tremendous planner. Everything Filiberto Ojeda Rios did was intentional. Take the date of the heist as an example. To a lot of folks, September 12th is just another day. To Puerto Ricans, it's the birthday of Pedro Albizu Campos, a leader in Puerto Ricans' independence movement, a man seen to this day as a national hero and patriot. I spoke to a former member of Los Macheteros. He wouldn't confirm how the group came into contact with Victor, only that a, quote, friend helped identify the opportunity at Wells Fargo and made the introduction. It's worth pointing out here that Victor started his job at Wells Fargo in May 1982, just shy of a year and a half before the heist. In the communique which the Macheteros take credit for the robbery, it's noted that the planning took a year and a half to fully execute. That former Machetero member told me that at the time, Victor was angry about Puerto Rico's political status and eager to do something about it. 
He felt the U.S. treated the island like a colony, using it for military exercises, stripping it of its natural resources and depriving residents of basic opportunities. Like many Puerto Ricans in the early 80s, Victor was also reeling from a shocking act of police violence a few years earlier. The Cerro Maravilla murders in 1978, wherein two pro-independence activists were ambushed and killed by police in Ponce, Puerto Rico, after being set up by an undercover agent. It was hugely controversial, and government investigations into the killings and an attempted cover-up were still going on at the time of the heist. Here's Jose Attila's again. Every time that the state carry out a act of this type of violence or carry out some sort of assassination, pro-independence movement will react. And Cerro Maravilla was especially radicalizing for many young people that saw this gruesome action as a point of no return. So I could imagine that Victor Helena saw that and understood that this was kind of too much. From all of it, a pitcher pulls into focus. A smart, highly capable young man, deeply connected to his Puerto Rican roots, takes a dead-end job while secretly training for a meticulously planned robbery. But it wasn't just some gas station holdup or common burglar. This was a military operation, a criminal enterprise that involved elaborate disguises and a daring international escape. An organized heist with the code name White Eagle. And those security guards who suspected Victor had some help that night, well, they were right. What nobody knew then and would not know for decades to come is that there was at least one other man, a top Los Macheteros operative waiting around the back of the Wells Fargo building for Victor on the night of the robbery. You see, Victor knew this. Victor planned for this. Victor trained for this. And within hours of loading all that money into a rented Buick, Victor Herrera had successfully completed the first step in the Macheteros' plan. The second step, well, that would involve the 25-year-old testing his luck at attempting to smuggle millions in stolen cash across the U.S. border. Next time on White Eagle. And so he practiced grabbing me by the neck and taking me up to the ground. We hear from the man who made it happen. White Eagle is written and executive produced by me, M. William Phelps, and iHeart executive producer, Christina Everett. Additional writing by our supervising producer, Julia Weaver. Our associate producer and script supervisor is Darby Masters. Audio editing and mixing by Abu Zafar and Christian Bowman. Our series theme, Forms Regal or Grand, is written by Aaron Kaufman. And special thanks to Arlene Santana and Will Pearson at iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. 
Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.